Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Welcome back to the inaugural episode of Gojo and Golik. We are live from our Boston studios. I'm Jesse Cofield, joined by, as you can see, the Golics. Just want to remind you, this show is going to air from 8 to 10 a.m. Monday through Friday, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Okay, you can watch us on Samsung TV+. Plus. You can watch us on DraftKingsNetwork.com. You can watch us on the DraftKings YouTube page. A lot of options. So without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to Gojo, to Golik, who are going to have a very special guest joining us. We are brought to you by Wrangler, made for the ride for life. Save 15% on your first Wrangler.com order with promo code GOJO15. Yeah, no, this, I mean, honestly, this is a guy we've known for such a long, long time. time. Yeah, yeah, Going back to my days at Notre Dame, where he was one of the voices of Notre Dame football that yes, you heard he there. Yep. Obviously, background in the NFL as a player and as a GM recently. Mike Mayock joining us now here. Mike, how you doing? It's great to see you after a long while. <laughs> it's a thrill to be on with the Gullicks. And, and just for the occasion, I wore my BC hat. Oh, see, Let's you've got go! very excited. So Jesse Cofield is in studio with us, proud Boston College lacrosse alumni here. So you've got some company. You've actually evened the score here now, Mike. Let's go. I love it. Jesse, we're two, we're two on two now. We got a shot. All right. And, I like our know, odds. I got I to gotta talk to dad for a second. I got to tell dad a story about his son. Okay. Oh, boy. Okay. So I get the Notre Dame gig, and I'm going in, and usually when you interview – college players for the first time they're a little bit shy reticent maybe give you one sentence two sentence answers and we brought in this Mike Golick dude and he sits down and he starts interviewing us <laughs> and for like 15 minutes he's asking us questions he's done his homework he knows who each of us are he's asking questions about our background 
And when I finally got a chance to ask him a question about Stanford or wh whoever the heck we were playing, they were playing that week. He went on for 10 to 15 minutes on every blocking assignment, what the linebacker did, what he was going to do. And I just started laughing. And I was like, when he left the room, we were all like, well, if this guy can't make it in the NFL, because he's a little bit undersized and maybe not as athletic, if he's not going to make it in the NFL, he's got a hell of a career in television, radio, podcast, whatever. My, young Mike put on a show that day. It was pretty cool. I think he was just sucking up to you, so you would talk nice about him on the on the broadcast. Yeah, I, probably, need, I needed yeah. Mike to show, throw me a little bone yeah. here because some <laughs> of those blocks I talked through, I was going to inevitably miss, which is why I ended up going <laughs> undrafted and why that ended up going the way it was. But it was so much fun to get to sit with you guys then, Mike, and, and certainly fun to get to visit with you now and, and hopefully get some insight as to what this couple of days is like in particular. We're coming up in the NFL oh. On the cut down days here, this is something that you've lived from a variety of angles, but most recently as a GM, as someone in charge of making a lot of these decisions. So what is this period like coming off the end of preseason football as you get ready to trim this roster down to the final 53? Yeah, it's a crazy few days just because your pro staff, with the help of your college staff, has spent this whole preseason watching tape of all 32 teams compiling all kinds of lists about basically if a guy gets cut, who would you make a claim on? Who could upgrade? And if, if for instance, if you know on your roster, you're light at offensive line, interior offensive lineman, and you know another roster might be heavy, at, at that point, you're, you're kind of hoping that one of those guys might come loose. So you spend this whole big block of time and ultimately, you're hoping two or three players might be waived that you can jump on. The flip side of that is that you've got to cut a big number of guys, and you're hoping to protect most of them for your 16-man practice squad. You don't want to lose those guys. So there's this balancing act of if one or two or three guys come out in the league, we've got to already have pre-clearance with the coaches that if this guy comes – we got another guy we got to let go. And you better know who that is up front, okay? So you're not just cutting the 53. You're cutting beyond 53 in your head internally in the office because you might make a claim on one, two, three guys. And then again, you're trying to get the agents and even the players when you cut them, you're sitting down with these guys and say, listen, we love you. You need some more time. You're in our system. We don't want you to go anywhere. We're going to release you today. If you pass through waivers, don't leave town because you're going to be back on our practice squad tomorrow. So there's an awful lot of prep work. You try to do your homework on all sides and you try to make the right decisions along with your coaching staff to get to what I would call the final 69, the 53 plus the 16 man practice squad. So, and while it's it's sped up this year, the cuts used to be over a couple of weeks. Now everything is going to be tomorrow from 90 to 53 from the roster standpoint. So going in, Mike, to that last preseason game, even before the yeah. game, for the back part of the roster, how much is already set? And for that last preseason game, how many players are actually playing for a spot? Yeah, and Mike, it's a really good question because it brings up a couple different things. Like, I don't think a lot of people understand that the reason, the main reason they went to 90 this year with no other cuts until the final cut was because teams were having trouble having enough players available to play in the final preseason game because you're going to protect. A lot. I'm talking about 
prior years, right? You're going to protect a certain number of veterans. You've got a certain number of injuries. And if you only have 75 guys, it was becoming really difficult to get through that final game. So they enlarged it to 90. I mean, a few years ago with the Raiders, I had a problem at center. I probably should have called young Michael, but we, <laughs> called, we, we had a problem. We couldn't even line up at center. And we had a game in uh, Winnipeg, Canada against Green Bay. I think it was the second week of the preseason. I, I forget. It might have been the third. But we needed a center, and I signed him on a Tuesday or Wednesday. He played that weekend. He played every snap of the game. He wow. played 60 or 70 snaps, and it was just because we needed a body. And we were honest with the kid. You know, what he wanted out of the transaction was to put plays on tape for the rest of the league. So it, it's – to answer your specific question, Mike, when you get down to this part of the roster, it you have a really good idea of the top pick a number, 60, 62 players, somewhere in there. Um, you have a good idea who you want on the practice squad. You're trying to figure who you can cut that might get through waivers to your practice squad versus if you expose a guy, might he get picked up? And so there's... I would say there's four or five key roster decisions in there because you're not sure how the league's going to respond to who you ultimately release. But the last game is critical. I saw uh, some comments the other day about how Austin Eckler made the made the job made the team uh, in the last preseason game. I think in 19 frick, 19 what was it 81 I made the Giants because I played well in the last preseason game, and so I always think there's value. The more reps you can see a young player play, not only for your own team, but for the rest of the league, the better chance that kid's going to have to stick either on your roster or on somebody's practice squad. Mike, you mentioned the importance of a lot of those reps for guys trying to make the team. Then there's the other side you mentioned of the veterans and in some cases dealing with the holdouts. Josh Jacobs, a guy who you know very well from your time with the Vegas Raiders, just re-signed now for a one-year deal. He had been doing the back and forth there. Battling the franchise tag like a lot of the rest of the running backs in the NFL right now. How surprised have you been, Mike, with the way the running back market is seemingly bottomed out here in this last year? I, I think if you take emotion out of it, which I struggle with because I drafted Josh and I love the kid. And I feel badly for Jonathan Taylor and for Saquon Barkley. You know, they're at the top of their profession at their position, yet they're paid way below other positions. So I, I empathize as a former player with that. However, in our free agency system, when you look at supply and demand, let, let's face it, number one, it's a pass first league. So who's getting paid? Quarterbacks are getting overpaid. Tackles are getting paid. Wideouts are getting paid. On the defensive side of the ball, anybody that can rush the quarterback, interior or exterior is getting paid and corners get paid. Right. So we don't talk about safeties or linebackers or fullbacks or guards. You know, they, they aren't getting paid either. But at the end of the day, the reason the running back market on top of all that is depressed is because supply exceeds demand. When you look at the running backs around college football and how many of them are out there that can help you, all you got to do is go back to last year and Isaiah Pacheco in the seventh round with Kansas City. So at the end of the day, I think there's a confluence of a bunch of different reasons, but that's what happens in, in this particular um, 
situation that we have as far as the salary cap in the NFL and the running back position lags behind. So one more on this before we get to some of the other storylines. So, you know, we know the running backs, the top running backs had a phone call and had their gripe session and which came out of that, as Nick Chubb said, we can't do anything about it. So, you know, what, what, what are we going to do? Fun phone call to say hi to everybody. So we all know the situation. Everybody gives their two cents on what can change it. What do you think changes the valuation of the running back in the future, or is it destined to not be the value go up anymore? I think as long as we're a pass-first league with, a, with, with an abundance of running backs coming out of college every year that can play at a high level and a position where you can, rather than have one back play the whole 60 or 70 snaps, you can have a running back by committee, and you got plenty of backs that can do it, and you got backs that – you know, Michael Carter from the Jets, who they got in the beginning of the fourth round. I mean, he is a tremendous change of pace guy. Third down, pass game. As long as you can divide the labor and there's enough labor out there, I, I don't think the system will change. So, Mike, putting yourself, you know, back in the GM hat on here, obviously you mentioned you've got the familiarity with Josh, but we've got the situation with Jonathan Taylor, too, who's still earlier on. He's not dealing with the franchise tag, but clearly – upset with his standing there. You've got a player that's that important to your team and a young quarterback in Anthony Richardson who you're also trying to take care of. How would you go about the Jonathan Taylor situation if you were the Indianapolis Colts? Well, I'm also a big believer that you've got to reward your hometown guys, the guys you drafted and have played at a high level for you and are team leaders in your locker room. Um, and everybody defines culture differently and every new GM and every new head coach gets up at their first press conference and they talk about bringing in a new culture. And it's easier said than done. So if Jonathan Taylor is a guy that has played at a high level, I think they drafted him in the second round. He, he's had a couple of career years. Last year was down a little bit. But if he's truly one of your leaders and one of your top locker room guys, my opinion is uh, – and, and it, as a former GM, I cringe a little bit because every dollar counts with a hard salary cap. You gotta, you gotta make every dollar spread out to be a better football team. Yet you've got this conflicting emotion of a guy that's done everything for you. He's done everything right. He's a high level player. I would think you could find a way to pay this guy. And, and to me, that would, if, if I was there, that'd be important. And, and to be honest with you, um, I, I think they might have been able to get somewhere if they didn't get public with their owner in the owner's comments. I think that's a whole different component that gets thrown in there that makes now it's public and now it's harder to make a deal. 100% agree. Yeah. And that's the one I don't understand the most. You could have a young Jonathan Taylor and a young Anthony Richardson there for a while. It would be something. And speaking of Anthony Richardson, Mike and I were talking about rookie quarterbacks starting. He's starting. C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, all starting for their teams. What has been your thought process over the years on starting rookie quarterbacks and how you perceive them that their, that team season? Yeah, if you're drafting a rookie quarterback high, as long as he can protect himself and the team can protect him, I think you want to play him as soon as he's ready to go. Okay, so some quarterbacks might be ready to go week one, day one. Let's go. I've got the mental. I know that I know pass protections. I know the checks. I've got an answer. And you might get beat up a little bit, like Peyton Manning goes 3-13, and 13, but the next year they completely turn it around and every rep he got was valuable. The flip side, you can go back to maybe David Carr, 
who was probably the most beat-up quarterback in the history of the league as a first-round pick. And I don't think he ever had a chance. And I don't know how much of it was on him and how much of it was the O-line, And but he got sacked more than anybody. So my the bottom line, guys, for me, is if you're taking a guy that high, as soon as you feel like you can protect him, he understands enough of the offense. And a guy like Anthony Richardson is intriguing to me because he only started 13 games. Um, I don't know what his mental capacity is or isn't. You know, those other two guys you mentioned, C.J. Stroud and um, they were Bryce Young, thank you. There's a lot of tape on both those guys. You can see their physical and their mental capabilities. Richardson, you don't know. I was at the Eagles-Colts joint practice uh, last week, so I got a chance to see him up close. You want to talk about a physical – he looks like Dante Culpepper to me, being an old man. Um, he's a little sporadic accuracy-wise, even in a joint – like this wasn't even a real game. He's all over the place a little bit. But there's an awful lot of talent there, and I give them credit for saying, we're going to start you. Let's throw him in. You're not going to – probably you're not going to win 12 games anyway. Let's get him in there with the offensive line. Let's get him in there with his wideouts, and let's do it. Here's the important point. If you're Chris Ballard, you've started seven seven different quarterbacks in the last seven years on opening day. Now you've got an answer. Whether he's good or bad, we'll figure out down the road. But now you got an answer that you can build around, and I think that brings clarity to the whole franchise. You mentioned the pressure, especially when you take a guy that high. I want to look at the Trey Lance situation. We had the former number three overall pick in the draft. Very similar in terms of experience coming out to Anthony Richardson, albeit at an even lower level at FCS football, but now traded for a fourth-round pick to the Dallas Cowboys. How much blame does the 49ers front office deserve for how that situation panned out, even though they've built such a quality roster around that position? I think at the end of the day, and again, another really good question, I think at the end of the day, it's like Bill Parcells used to say, you are what your record says you are. And all the BS that surrounds everything else, I understand. So here's the thought process. If, if Look, San Francisco's got one of the best rosters in the league. I mean, Shanahan and Lynch have done a great job. So they trade all this draft capital. They go get Trey Lance. His numbers are what they are. You've got him up there right now. And Trey Lance has underperformed, and he's been hurt. Let's give the kids some, some, uh, a little bit of balance here. The kid's been hurt. Uh, and then all of a sudden, this seventh-round kid comes out of nowhere, Mr. Irrelevant, and becomes very relevant, right? So on the one hand, you can crucify this front office for taking him at number three and giving up all that draft capital, or you could give them credit for drafting Brock Purdy and having all that talent around them. And guys, I've lived it. I've lived this exact situation with the Raiders. We took Clee Farrell at number four overall, okay? And Clee has not had the career we anticipated. Yet in the fourth round, we took Max Crosby. And Max Crosby probably became what we hoped Clee would. So at the end of the day, the Raiders are getting the production out of Max Crosby that they were hoping to get out of Clee. And I would make probably the same argument that if Brock Purdy continues to play at a high level, who cares? We gave up the drop. I shouldn't say who cares. We all care, and there, there's accountability. Right. But what I'm saying is if you continue to win and build a great roster, that's what's more important. 
All right, Mike. Well, we really appreciate uh, you coming on the show as, as we get this thing going, me and my son. It's all, always great to talk to you. And don't worry about wearing the BC hat. We blurred out the BC yeah. on the hat so no, <laughs> nobody can see it. <laughs> hey, guys, good luck with the show. It's always awesome to hook up with you guys. Thanks, Mike. Thanks appreciate so much, it. Mike. Really appreciate it there. <laughs> I, I, when he talked about those production meetings back in school, yeah. you were, oh, yeah. you know, we've both been on the other side of these yep. now, calling college games, yep. calling NFL games. I remember as a player, it was so funny. The big prize used to always be back then, if, you know, Notre Dame, NBC, that long-standing affiliation. You'd get the NBC Sports hat, yes, and you would see the guys that go to the production meeting. You would go in there, you'd sit and talk with him and Tarico and that whole crew, and then you'd get the hat. You'd see guys walking around the locker room. I wore that thing into the ground. I mean, and you were working for ESPN at yes, that point. It yeah. was like it was all that stuff. But I'm over here wearing the other opposing team's colors, just like. Man, listen, they gave me a free hat. I finally, at that point late in my career, got asked to be a part of the production meeting I, yeah. and go hang out with those guys. I Feels was cool. Jacked. Yeah, when, when you get asked to be in one of those meetings, you like feel pretty cool about it. Sounds like you did well in there. Did you see him get in there, though? A little undersized, maybe not that great. Yeah, I didn't yeah, appreciate yeah. it. Go I was like, scouting oh, I was gasping over here. Yeah. He, like, he actually said, he said a little undersized. Not the most athletic. Yeah. I was like, okay. Well, yeah, he's like, already wow. dead. Yeah, I, like, I like to overcompensate for being small by also being slow. Well, mm. that's the yes. real key there. Yeah, nice. I, I've used that one. I, 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 my career, I was slow and I made up for it by being weak. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, apparently you passed those genes on down to me. Yeah, and sorry I about that. Whittled away at them even he more. He just kind of snuck that one in there. Yeah, it was, again, yeah. I, I love Mike. You know, we got to see him around yeah. there for years, all those things. But yeah, that was a little <clears> bit of a subtle yeah. shot. And, and we'll talk about it sometime tomorrow it is cut day it, it's a tough day and a lot of people i understand don't care much because it's the back end, end of the roster but it's a lot of players dreams man i was going for it you were going for it i mean it's it, it's a tough day and you just you, you just pray that that door doesn't not get knocked on or that phone doesn't ring and uh, and you make it through that day it's a it's a tough day tomorrow for some players it's a tough day and you hope to at least make it to that day uh and not get cut somewhere weird like an elevator holding a subway sandwich which is a story I can tell you guys tomorrow. <laughs> Coming up next, though, let's get to a high-profile athlete who decided to become a philosopher in his spare time, apparently. Uh, back after this, it's Gojo and Golan. Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up, and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge, you grab the bull by the horns, you find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice-cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there and you get to that little clubhouse there and they've always got the candy bar options. And I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister U.S., White Plains, New York. 
So, uh, in addition to all the football we had this weekend, week zero preseason, we're just, it all feels so right. I am one bit of fall bite in the air oh. away from full, you know, the first feeling. So nice. I caught a whiff of it. I was in San Francisco two weekends ago, and it's just cold and rainy there all the time because yeah. the Pacific Northwest is never not on brand. Shout right. out to the Mariners, by the way, who might be the hottest thing up there. But I was up there, and I caught a little breeze, and I was in, like, the ultimate, like, fat white guy outfit of shorts but a hoodie up top. Right. And then I felt that little breeze, and my eyes legitimately started to well up because I realized what, a great what that thing. meant. What a it's great fall! It is fall, and it is pumpkin spice season. Yeah, Woo! who doesn't love that? People have already gone to Starbucks to get their PSL. We walked in there this morning, and they yeah. had the little pumpkin lanterns out on there. I, I love it. I would like to fight Starbucks though, because we have Christmas cups. Why don't we have Halloween cups? So true. I, agree I with mean, that. come oh. on! Everybody can agree on Halloween cups. Yes, right. And I agree. I don't want to hear a word about oh, the spice shouldn't be out yet. I mean, no, it can be out all year long. As, as far, far as, as I'm concerned, concerned. yeah, exactly. Like right. I understand the you. pumpkin connotes Halloween, like you mentioned, but. Fall spice, that's all just autumn, baby. Yeah. This yeah. is season. This is yeah. a vibe. It's yeah. a bite in the air. It's not any one holiday. So let freedom ring in the PSL front as far yeah. as we haven't even gotten I the Halloween concerned. candy yet, which by God, we will. It's oh, on God. sale right now yeah. in grocery stores. Yeah. If you're looking to get lucky, you can get I gotta real load froggy. up. This is my first year having owning a home. Oh, I'm like gonna have trick-or-treaters and oh, stuff. Oh yeah. See, Jesse, very important to set the standard right away. Mm -hmm. You want to be the king size. King house. size candy bar house. It's gotta be. Mm -hmm. If there is one thing you got passed along to me yep. from generation to generation when I owned a house in Connecticut everyone on the block knew what I was about everybody your house will never get egged and never get TP'd yeah as long as you're giving out the, the, the big size I'm a 100% I'm already on that train so while we've got all of that going on in fall we had a little while before we get to NBA season but right now we got the FIBA World Cup yes, going we on do. in basketball here Team USA currently up on Greece right now I am loving this round of NBA action because Anthony Edwards has seemed to take center stage yes, on Team USA. And the best thing for all of us in the world of professional basketball is if Anthony Edwards continues the star, the star turn. Because uh -huh. that guy is an electric content factory and an incredible athlete. Yeah. So we love that, first and foremost. Yeah, we love that. But we also love what the international <laughs> stage provides us as far as soundbite. Because we've also got some international competition going on in track and field right now. And Noah Lyles, who is one of the best track athletes <laughs> the United States right. has on the men's side got up there and was talking at the podium about the concept of a world championship and felt like sending a stray shot towards the world of NBA basketball. Listen to this. World champion of what? The United States? You know, the thing that hurts me the most is that I have to watch the NBA finals and they have world champion on their head. World champion of what? The United States? Don't get me wrong. I I love the US at times. <laughs> but that ain't the world. That is not the world. We are the world. We have almost every country out here fighting, thriving, putting on their flag to show that they are represented. There ain't no flags in the NBA. <laughs> wow. My brother in Wow. First off, to drop this on us while we're currently fighting a war with French twi Twitter over cuisine yeah. supremacy. We don't need this right now. But second off, Dad, did he just ignore all of the international flavor in the NBA and the fact that 
It is the best league in the world where all the best players from the other countries in the world come in order to play. Can we introduce him to Nikola Jokic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, any number of star players that call a different land home? There are there are two sports where we call world champions, correct, of our, of our four yeah. majors. Uh, that's the NFL and the NBA. And I don't think anybody's arguing the NFL is nah. the world because... You know, American football, as I was just in Ireland, was Gaelic football, rugby, soccer, how many different footballs there are uh, as far as popularity. Uh, but are we to believe that whatever NBA champion is that year couldn't beat any team around the country, any FIBA team that's playing right now? And like any team from any other league. Like, yeah. That's the whole point. There's a lot of very good basketball around the world. Hence why we're living in an NBA right now that is largely dominated by players that were born yes, outside is. the U.S. Joel Embiid from Cameroon, Nikola Jokic, who we talked about, Giannis. I, I mean, a whole host of others. And look at this Hall of Fame class from this last year in right. the NBA. We said outside of Dwayne Wade, it was a Hall of Fame class defined by international flavor. That's not up for debate. But the fact that the NBA is the best league in the world is also not up for debate. And so, thus, I would love to barnstorm whoever the NBA champion is and have them just go and serve a reminder one time. It's kind of like when we sent the Dream Team. Yeah. So, wait a minute. They're kind of questioning. Let's send the Dream Team. Shut everybody up. Okay? Do we have to do that? But it's our own guy. Their own guy saying this. It's friendly fire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You need to see it. Didn't I mean, see it coming. He also delivered that line like he'd been practicing in front of the mirror for hours. Expert level delivery. I <laughs> Incredible. We'd work. love to get him on the show, oh, by the way. Champion, we need to reach though. out to his people. Yeah. Sounded like the Al Iverson. He was talking about practice. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wow, yeah. the inflection. Yeah. Not the only one who sent a message, though, uh, to his team or any yeah. team, Jesse, yeah. as we saw in the NBA this last week. So, you know, obviously, like we've been talking about, FIBA underway. Um, U.S. actually playing right now. They are up on Greece. And someone who's not playing for Greece is Giannis. His brother is in action, but he is not playing. And he actually was talking about that. And they were asking about his contract with the Bucks. He's up for, you know, a contract extension in 2024. And he basically said... Next summer, it would make sense for both parties. Even then, I don't know. I would not be the best version of myself if I don't know that everybody's on the same page. Everybody's going for a championship. Everybody's going to sacrifice time away from their family like I do. And if I don't feel that, I'm not signing. Okay. Deep. It was deep. I, I love this. I, okay, so you're all about this this quote. Fair enough. He's basically saying, if we're not going to be contenders and everybody's not going to sacrifice the way I am, then why am I going to resign with you guys? Which is a very general idea. Yeah. But to me, it's more about what Giannis's goal in all this is. Because we look at Giannis and we've always seen really genial guy. Yeah. At first when he came over, it was documenting him trying all these things in the U.S. Smoothies. 50 Nuggets. Yeah. He's a really great personality. He tells the dad jokes. Yeah. This guy is about his business. Mm -hmm. And he's been on record of saying he wants to be like Dirk and Kobe. He wants to be a guy that plays his entire career for one organization. But he also wants to win. And, Dad, you remember before Giannis signed this most recent contract, it was a lot of the same tone and tenor out of him publicly because he wants to keep pressure on this organization to keep making moves that he thinks are aimed towards a championship because he knows how he's going to be defined ultimately. And that's by rings plus minus. Without question, it's the sport where the player has the most power, correct? And I know people hate that now when the players are the ones creating super teams and not the teams creating super teams. Everybody seemed fine with that. But when the players are doing it, all of a sudden is they have too much power. Well, they have power. That you, we keep talking about NFL flush with money. The NBA is so flush with money. When you see free agent contracts going out there, it may, we, we always say NFL guys avert your eyes uh, because you think you're getting big deals. Look at the NBA guys. So they have the power. Giannis has the power to say, 
Basically, if you want me to stay, you better build something around me or I'm out. Because we know players, if they complain enough, it depends on how much you complain, like James Harden, maybe you could find four you're complaining. But if you want out, you can get out. So this is the players have the power. And as I have always said about athletes, really anybody in business, if you ever get the leverage hammer, swing it as hard as you possibly can. Giannis has that because he's one of the best players in the league and he's on a team that needs to, he wants to stay competitive by keeping the players around them or bringing in others that will help win a championship. So he's, he's got the microphone, he's got the gavel, he's got it all. Use it, man. And if you don't like it, then you make a move. And, and I think with Giannis, he kind of can have his cake and eat it too on this front because he's not a guy that we've seen make the moves as extreme right, as you right. talk about with Harden or going back to Kevin Durant, all these things that really shift the balance of power. But he is saying... Hey, if you guys actually want me to stay and do this, and remember, there were quotes before, uh, I forget if it was last year or years ago, him talking about, oh, how cool it would be to play in Chicago, potentially, what a great town. He's always kind of kept that floated out there, just to say, don't mistake my kindness for weakness. I want to make sure, he said, if I'm going to stay here for another 10 years, and this was an extensive New York Times article, talking with Giannis about that, if I stay for another 10 years but don't win another championship, he knows how everyone's going to talk That's about exactly him. right. And he's a competitor. He knows how he feels about that situation. That guy wants to be not just one of the best individuals ever, and he's got the individual hardware to do that, but he wants to continue to climb those ranks of all-time greats. As I've said, I can't stand that that rings for a quarterback Super Bowl rings is a thing because there's offense, defense, special team. Basketball, I see it. Rings to your name because you can be on the court the entire game and have a say on offense and on defense. So for basketball players, I understand that more, and he's just looking out for it. You know what? And I know fans in Wisconsin, I feel badly for you after the whole Aaron Rodgers thing that you just went through. This might be a little bit triggering right now, but that's the price of doing business, baby. Showbiz. There's nothing worse than the mad dash to try and secure tickets for an event. The fact is, Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. It's easy to browse the Game Time app for flash deals and last minute tickets. There's even a lowest price guarantee and event cancellation protection. And forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. So snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code GOJO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code GOJO for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans, we feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. 
In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. So while technically this should pain me talking publicly about USC, uh, <laughs> given the affiliation, coming off week zero in college football, Dad, it was exciting to have the sport back. We know it wasn't back for everybody, but Notre Dame kicked off the season in right. Dublin. They were the first game, but we had plenty of other ones out there, San Diego State and Ohio. You had plenty of interesting teams, but USC was the other one a lot of people had circled. Top 16 in the AC, uh, AP preseason poll with Caleb Williams, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. They go out, got a solid win against San Jose State, 56-28. They end up pulling away late after it was a little close early. And there's certainly a lot we can talk about in this. Caleb Williams already coming out of the gate with a Heisman Trophy-worthy right, play, fumbling right. a snap before throwing the longest touchdown pass of his career in the same breath. The USC defense, plenty of improved bodies, but still a little bit uh, questionable decision-making at times. The story coming off this weekend, Zachariah Branch, yep. the freshman wideout for USC, the number one wide receiver prospect in the country, one of the top players, I think seventh overall according to 24-7 in this last recruiting class, as both a receiver and a return man. Four receptions for 58 yards and a touchdown, one rush for 12 yards, and a 96-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. Dad, this is the first time I've watched a receiver. and They've had other quality guys there since this name. That gave me Reggie Bush vibes, yep. watching the way that he moved in the open field, returning that touchdown. And I thought, my God, Caleb Williams' best competition for the Heisman coming off. You were talking about the ultimate week zero reaction. Might be a guy in his own offensive room in Zachariah Branch. That dude was electric. Came out of the gate strong. They got another freshman. What is it? Uh, Deuce Robinson, who was a freshman yeah. tight end, like 6'6", 225, 230. I mean, they have some athletes there. Uh, for Caleb Williams trying to be the, the only you know back-to-back Heisman Trophy winner since Archie Griffin back yeah. in the 70s from Ohio State. Uh, so they and, and they preseason number six, and they get the big win here even after a, a bit of a slow start. But that's what is always interesting to me is NFL, it's rookies that come in, and, and NCAA, the freshmen that come in, and the impact that they can have on a game, and you go, wow, okay. The first thing you say about him is, okay, you got three years, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. And he's a smaller guy, yeah, we is. know, yeah. but... Incredible speed. I think you saw he touched 20, like 26 miles an hour on one of those treadmills over the summer. And, Dad, you talk about especially at receiver. That's one trend we're seeing in the NFL. Almost all the top receivers taken have made immediate impacts and looked really good in the preseason. And in college, because we know going all the way down, football's trickle-up economy when it comes to the scheme changes and the advancement of the sports. It's high school coaches making what they can out of their resources. And with all the seven-on-seven -seven reps and how much spread offenses have been long-standing in high school now, these receivers are coming up each level more and more ready to go than they've ever been. And when you can impact as a return man the way he has, and you've got that natural ability, that changes speed that we saw on display, these guys are harder and harder to keep off the field early. And that really is, like you said, the whole story of USC's offense around Cape. And it happened a, a while, a little while, a few years ago, because we've seen, you know, rookie wide receivers come in and have an impact. But there was a time where they didn't. It was the running backs yeah. that had the impact as rookies. And that's what you looked at. And it wasn't the receivers now because, you know, we just had Mike Mayock on and it's, 
It's not like it's a big secret out there. It's a passing league. So now these wide receivers, and again, it's not just the first rounders. that you find one in that third round or the fourth round that's going to break through. And you mentioned this kid. He's not big, 5'10", about 175, but he's a freshman. So he'll get, he'll, you know, he'll get, he'll get painted in the weight room, you know, yep. add some of that muscle and such. But it, it is amazing to watch these wide receivers, how quickly they assimilate to the NFL. Good bloodlines for him, too. His brother Zion's a safety on this team. But his great uncle, Cliff, the Hall of Famer for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, also just recently in the Hall of Fame there, someone that you can certainly point back to and say, all right, he's got greatness in him, uh, certainly going all the way up to that level. That guy's a nightmare. The number one thing you worry about as a defensive coordinator, and I'd imagine a defensive player, is how do you defend speed? Right. Who's yes. the guy that could hurt you in that area? And now everybody who's playing USC, including our Notre Dame Fighting Irish, gets to turn on the tape and go, all right, we got to stop one first and foremost, and then the Heisman Trophy winner in the backfield. It used to be the tight end was an instant bailout for a, and it still is to a point, a quarterback, yeah. right? A bailout. But now a bailout is that speedy receiver who, if you're getting pressure, when in doubt, you throw up a 50-50 ball thinking, you know, it's going to be 70-30 in your favor if you've got a speed demon. Yeah, it, it, it's unbelievable. So I thought he was outside of, you know, Sam Hartman going to be one of the big stories of opening weekend. Right. But Zachariah Branch had that coming out party. Everybody is going to be ready and waiting for him. And if it's based like uh, anything we saw this weekend with that speed, there ain't going to be a whole lot most people can do about that. Um, let's get to something else that we saw in the world of college football from over the weekend in a more negative sense, Jesse. A punishment handed down technically with the NCAA in mind, but a self-imposed bull ban for ASU heading into the 2023 season. Yeah, so they informed the NCAA and Pac-12 it's going that ASU is going to self-impose a bull ban for the 2023 season due to alleged violations of NCAA rules that occurred, you know, under ex-Sun Devils coach Herm Edwards. So ASU still under investigation by the NCAA. And we're being told that players were, you know, made aware of this ban and that it was just mayhem in the locker room. Everybody was really upset and disappointed by this decision. Uh, Golik Sr., I know that you were just re rearing to get to this topic because you really can't believe it. Well, I, I can't believe the timing of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you get a program and right before the season starts where I, I don't think there's a high expectation for this. In all honesty, I, I'm mad at the timing of it. This is a school trying to get ahead of what the punishment that might be for them. Mm -hmm. yeah. So they say, we'll self-impose this ban. You know, but they're and, still under investigation, like, and and they are, and it's, and it's usually to try and soften it. the blows. Right, yeah. the exactly. We'll go a little bit lighter. We saw Michigan. That's why they self-imposed the ban the three-game suspension right. on Jim Harbaugh for that. Same it's reason. amazing. This is where we are. The NCAA. This is where you swing your hammer when Jim Harbaugh buys a hamburger for a recruit, or you know, there's some Ill illegal visits or whatever. What was going? On. A little more involved at ASU. Antonio yeah, are, Pierce, the former yeah. D coordinator, was supposedly the ringleader of. You know, they were having recruits in when they shouldn't, working them out on fields when yeah. they shouldn't be. Inappropriate contact yeah. during the COVID-19 yeah. recruiting periods the with players period, that ultimately yeah. ended with a number of people from that staff losing their jobs. Yeah, but the, the bottom line here is they're, they're kind of, you know, what I've always hated about it is you're punishing players who weren't around for it. Yeah. Right? And, and a new head coach. And, yeah, well, yeah. And that is something the NCAA had been trying to distance themselves. Like in the last couple of years, 
The NCAA, going back to last year, had changed that policy where teams like Memphis, who had been in trouble on the basketball side, Tennessee on the football side, had paid a fine instead of having to punish players and take away from their opportunities. Because you're right, Dad, the timing of this is despicable. Right. And Ray Anderson, who's the athletic director at Arizona State, is still the same guy who hired Herm Edwards. He's been the holdover for this. And last I checked, there is nothing negative happening to Ray Anderson or the university. It's instead these players and coaches who, Kenny Dillingham's taken over. He's the youngest head coach in yeah. college football, and he's got to stand before that team. And he was talking after practice saying, I found out that morning too, I had to deliver this message to these players who now have no ability to get out if you're a senior where that bowl game carrot was something you really cared about. You no longer have the option or opportunity to potentially go and find another home to play. It's not like they were consulted on this right. decision, whether to pay a fine, which maybe you can say you're the school having a conversation. Do we think we're going to make a bowl game in year one? Can we eat this right now instead of having to eat into our athletic budget and pay this kind of fine? The players and coaches weren't consulted in that. The people affected well. by this, it's not like the NFL where it's bargained. It's a joke that the adults in the room between the NCAA dragging their feet on this investigation and then Arizona State choosing to bring this down as a surprise the Tuesday of week one, every adult involved in this should be ashamed. And themselves. ASU added 51 new players this cycle between transfers and yeah. incoming freshmen. And, and, and I saw on Twitter where a lot of people are saying, well, these players are just going to go. Well, to Mike's point, they yeah. can't. Yeah. They can't go now. It's too late in the process to go now. And there were 20 seniors who the only goal they had was a bowl game. We mentioned, or Mike mentioned, Tennessee went through this and they paid an $8 million fine. Now, ASU doesn't make the money Tennessee does. So maybe they don't want to pay. And who's to know what number the fine would have exactly been? Tennessee's been. violations were a little and, more in excess. And, and in all honesty, I mean, okay, here, here's where the truth kind of comes into play. And, and I'm always on the player's side. And I understand that the players got blindsided by this as well, the coaching staff. ASU's not making a bowl game anyway. They, they, they were not going to have enough wins to make a bowl game anyway. They might not, but that wasn't for the adults I to agree, decide I agree, in the manner, I the manner in which they did it and the professional nature or lack thereof about yeah. how this whole operation between. Again, I won't totally let the NCAA skate off this yeah. because they've been investigating this since 2021. Right. This isn't new. All the other people have jobs already that yeah. were a part of that. Right. Every one of those names that we mentioned. So the way that this was handled top to bottom, just an absolute embarrassment and unfortunate for that great team. All right. If you've been here, you know, if you haven't been, you will. This, that, and the third. We'd like to finish off with three quick stories before we send you off on your way into the rest of your day. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review. Show some love to Gojo and Golik. We fit the old man's name in the title so he'd stop crying and texting my mom outside Unbelievable. How long? I've been doing this a little bit longer than you have, and my name is second. That's why I just figured you'd be fine. Like, all right, like I've had my moment in the sun. Mike, it's your turn. Moment in the sun. Get it? Whatever. I was going to complain, but you're, you're lucky your mother, she said, leave him alone. He needs this. Oh, mommy stepped in. Yeah. Okay. I have no problem with that. I, I can step it. in and kick your ass, too. Yeah. Whoa! Whoa! I'll, Whoa! I'll pull, that, I'll pull that knee out myself. You're going to feed an old man who's Not yet! Not yet! 12 surgeries and you're going to act like a big man by taking me out? Yup. I am not above hitting an old wow. man in public. Wow! That being said, yeah. uh, let's get to this, that, and the third, uh, and away from violence, which we don't legally condone on this show. No. Um, and get to this, that, and the third. And start off with this pretty harrowing story oh out gosh. of the world of NASCAR. And thankfully, with some good news, NASCAR driver Ryan Priest, whose car rolled over about a dozen times oh. in a crash at Daytona International Speedway over the weekend, 
is out, out of the hospital on the way home and appears to be recovered from dad, what was just a grisly scene. I mean, we're used to in that sport, plenty of crashes, plenty of that as a part of the spectacle. But this one, you saw with the severity of it, everyone immediately understand that this was different. And thankfully, the result is what it is now with the driver who's going to walk out of this fine. So uh, again, this is a sport where nobody knows more than the drivers of what can possibly happen to you. We've had tragic events, obviously, where drivers have lost their lives. But as you mentioned, even in something like this, not only does the fan, but I got to believe the drivers, other drivers or, or crews, hold your breath saying, how, you know, how is somebody surviving that? You know, but the technology protects them so much better nowadays. And to know what, 12 hours later, I believe he was going home. Uh, and, and I mean, just, just, just the fact that he actually got out of the car himself yeah. before they put him on a gurney. But you watch that crash and you, you just, you fear that the worst has happened. You just pray that the worst didn't happen. He, he originally, tweeted two hours after the crash. Unreal. He went and tweeted, if you want to be a race car driver, you better be tough. I'm coming back. What a savage. Two hours after that crash. And like Built you said, different. 12 hours later, he's being discharged from the hospital. Yeah. I feel Built I'm different. tough, but I'm not I'm not NASCAR driver tough. Yeah. Nope. No, 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 no. Any of those problems. So nope. happy to hear the yes. good news has prevailed there and excited to see him in his own words yeah, back absolutely. out on the track here sometime very soon. Jesse, let's get to that, the <laughs> very sad story in a yeah. celebration of a life that impacted a lot of us at our most critical moments. Yeah, Bob Barker, longtime host of The Price is Right, passed away on Saturday at the ripe age of 99. A mm. lot of people going on the internet and being like, he got as close to 100 without I, going I over. Agree. I so good. My dog. A so good. just like honoring his legacy in that way. So Saturday, Adam Sandler also uh, tweeted, paid tribute to him. You know, obviously, he made a hilarious cameo in Happy Gilmore where he played himself. So Adam Sandler, the man, the myth, the best, such a sweet, funny guy to hang out with. Loved talking to him, loved laughing with him. Loved him kicking the crap out of me. He will be missed by everyone I know. Heartbreaking day. Love to Bob always and his family. Thanks for all you gave us. Now, I have to say, guys, and I know this is going to... I've never seen an episode. Of oh, come on. What? I know. Were you never sick as a kid? Stop I was it. sick as a kid, but I don't, I watched like probably the shows I'm not supposed to watch. I watched like Maury, like Jerry Springer. Like, oh, yeah, you watch, watch are you the too. father shows? I, I, yeah. And I'm you, certain I had to turn that off the minute my mom, you know, came anywhere near downstairs. I never, never saw an I told you that wasn't my baby. I you know, never yeah. watched The Price is I've Right. I've never seen an episode uh, of The Price is Right. Come on. It's uh, sick. I, know. I am just disgusted. I mean, I know. I know. Sick? Like, that was... Bob Barker was my shepherd through childhood illness. When you were home from school and you either, because you tricked your parents into thinking you were sick... My favorite. ...or actually were sick and got to sit around there... Watching The Price is Right and sitting there with bated breath trying to figure out, as a 10-year-old, how much does a Sea-Doo cost? What is Five Nights in Cabo actually run here? What do, I mean, what's the current going price of breath mints? I don't know. Yeah. I wasn't buying that stuff yeah. at a gas station. I couldn't drive. And Bob Barker helped me through all those moments. And this is no slander to Drew Carey, who's done a great job yeah. in his yeah. stead since mm -hmm. Bob retired. But when I close my eyes and I think of game show host, and that gets brought up, Bob Barker will forever be the image in my head. Dad, he is, whether it is your GOAT conversation, whether it is your Mount Rushmore conversation, in my lifetime, Bob Barker is the greatest game show host that has ever lived, and in my mind will ever live, because I think we're past the golden age of game shows. Yeah, we are, and certainly he would be on, you know, the greatest thing in TV and radio is the Mount Rushmore of anything. Bob Barker is there. 
Right, I mean, I might give him two spots. I mean, Bob Barker is there. Look too. what he did for the pet population. I mean, listen, what an animal lover he was. So, I mean, I fall in love with that right there. And, and as you mentioned, kicked the crap out of Adam Sandler. And yeah. he lived to 99. Who's not signing up for that? You sign up right now to yeah. get to 99. Oh. Wow. The tiny stick mic, all of the yeah. just icon. He was perfect in every way yeah. when it came to shepherding us through that. Guiding people up to the wheel of all ages, yeah. sizes, yeah. abilities to make sure they spun that and didn't get crushed by it. And, and nobody will ever be the, a game show host for 150 years like he was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so rest in peace yes. to the great Bob yes. Barker. I'll, Thank I'll catch you. an episode. Yeah, I, you, you, I don't, you know what? You know it's what? Sick. It's this show has about four more minutes. I'm done yeah. with you. Okay, 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 okay. Fair okay. enough. One, you know, one I day feel in, that. Yep. And you've wow. already come in and, and just wow. slandered one of the most important things. Holy I know, smoke. I know. Next thing we're going to come into March is like, guys, you know what? Donuts actually kind of out. Oh. I know you're a donut fan. I would never say that to your face. I like donuts. Okay. I'll bring in some donuts. I don't even know there what to go. believe anymore. I'll about bring in one of some donuts. Bring in some donuts. To make this right. Somebody better bring in some donuts. Yeah. Speaking of our co workers here, a lot of yes. people have asked as the show has changed shape and form. Super producer Brandon Newman is still very much in, around, and a part of all this. He's just been a little busy as this weekend, as we get to the third. We want to highlight our man Brandon Newman going back home to PRP High School in Louisville, Kentucky, where he was inducted into their Hall of Fame for his great work as a football player on campus all those years ago. <laughs> wow. Pleasure Park High School. Brandon, getting in front, firing up the youth of the nation. That wow. is awesome. Look at that inducted into his high school Hall of Fame. That That is oh fantastic. God. Good for him. Because God knows every time we talk to him about football, he's talking about what great plays he made. Isn't I mean, it? I mean, it was time. so funny. He was getting ready for this, and he went back and was looking. He had to look at some stuff for his bio, and he pulled up like his junior year of high school stats, and he called me one day getting ready for the show, and he goes, I kind of forgot. I was him. <laughs> I year. was Had like him. eight and a half sacks from the <laughs> nose tackle spot. And Ooh. I can attest to the, the player that Brandon Newman was because we had that high school, the Army All-American Army game, All game that players would have coming out of high school. We had like 13 guys from our class at Notre Dame played in that game. And Brandon and I were both on the East squad together. I was an undersized 275-pound center As playing Mike high Mayock school. said. Yeah, yeah not super athletic. Maybe not the most athletic. Yeah, you know, all those things showed up against Brandon, who's a human hammer, 6'1", and was like 320 pounds, and promptly truck-sticked me in one-on-ones that week. And made a reputation. But the thing I will never forget about Brandon playing against him as a football player is also, I'm sure, I'm sure he talked about in his speech, was his mother, Selena Newman, who oh was an absolute gosh. saint. Yeah. But who in the Notre Dame spring game our freshman year, me and so Brandon. So for those that don't, yeah. and just catching it, so Mike and Brandon were teammates at Notre Dame. Yes. As well as playing in the All-American game uh, with one another. Yeah. So I went on to play <laughs> at Notre Dame in our first spring game together. I line up at guard. Brandon lines up at D-tackle across from me. I give up a sack to Brandon. Unsurprising. It took to my senior year to play. I was a late bloomer. Is it because you were undersized and a little less athletic? All those things snuck into play. And Brandon gets the sack, and it's the spring game at Notre Dame. There's 30,000, 40,000 people there. And all I hear crystal clear is, that's my baby! Brandon's mom could be heard by everyone. And I looked at Brandon and I go, Brandon, tell your mom you're welcome after the game for that one. So congratulations to Brandon Newman. Super pumped for him. Dad, as someone who's in your high school's Hall of Fame, pretty cool moment to get to go back to the old stomping grounds. As I have said, listen, uh, I loved college ball. I loved the NFL. But there is nothing 
like high school sports and especially high school football where you don't have that responsibility yet. It's not big business like when you get to Division One college football and then certainly in the NFL. It is like that last bastion of just playing ball and hanging out with your, your teammates as classmates as well in high school. So to go back and be honored there, just a very cool thing for Brandon. I'm very happy for him. Yep, I drove past the Friday Night Lights at a spot near my place the other night and got a little misty-eyed because yeah. you do remember what it can mean to so many people and clearly what Brandon meant yeah. and that impact yeah, that he had cool. on his high school. So very cool. congratulations yes. to Brandon Newman again, who in addition to being one of the funniest and best looking dudes around, well. also pretty good at football. Speaking of responsibilities, you have one to go download, subscribe, rate, review this podcast and show. Give us a five-star rating. Check us out on DraftKings YouTube, Samsung TV Plus, and DraftKingsNetwork.com. And join us again tomorrow. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you then.